The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. And welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonas, episode 188. And I'm delighted to have a, a fantastic guest with me today, the Ronin, Brian Adenson. Brian, uh, how the devil are you? I know you said you've had a, a very, very busy day up till now, uh, but the sun is shining. Uh, it's always a shame to be doing this indoors, to be honest with you. Uh, but how are you today? Uh, I'm not too bad. Uh, I think the only thing I've burnt is the top of my Edward and losing it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I'm all right, yeah. Fantastic. Yes, I must admit, last Sunday, I, I, I was doing a barbecue, stayed out in the sun a little bit too long, caught a little bit on my arms. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, like I say, I, I, I've not ventured out too much this week, but over the weekend, I'm looking to take uh, advantage of the sun. But uh, brilliant to have you on the podcast, my friend. Um, and I know that we, we spoke briefly last year. We did an episode of uh, Wrestling for TV. Uh, and had good fun doing that uh but now i always said i'd invite you back for a long form interview and here we are but uh, before we get into the questions brian and for the viewers and listeners at home over the next 45 minutes maybe 60 minutes we're we'll talking to brian adenson about his, his wrestling career how he got into the business bringing us right up to speed with what he's going to be up to over the next couple of months it's a brilliant to have you on the podcast great to be speaking to you again i've got to be start start the questions with uh the ronin character uh because uh, i want to talk to you about you know the ronin nickname or the moniker uh because it appears you know to be quite an interesting development for you in particular I'm, I'm sure uh, you know you're keen to hit the audiences with the Ronin character in the yeah, coming yeah. months. But tell us about the Ronin, um, how it all started, the origins of it, what inspired it. Um, explain the Ronin. Uh, pardon the pun, it's a double-edged sword. Um, it, it stems from basically uh, the next stage, the next development in my character. Um, I've gone from the smiley baby face who's a bit not not very worldly wise in the uh, the business of pro wrestling and just does his best and now I'm a bit more switched on a bit more alert so not necessarily turning heel or anything like just a bit more there's a bit more to me now there's another another layer um but also it stems from um from lockdown as well um as you know the speaking out movement um basically our previous school i won't, won't name drop names or anything like that but our previous school got shut down for one reason or another and and it led me to become uh, more, how do we say, exploratory in, in what I should be doing in terms of pro wrestling. Uh, yeah. For example, Alex Talbot spoke to him about it. There was there was a point where, uh, being completely honest, I was going to withdraw from pro wrestling altogether uh, without speaking to certain people, Alex being one of them, um, Sparks, Paul Williams, or as you might know him, Mr. Williams, uh, Matt Fox and a few other people uh, that are very close to me and are considered uh, incredible friends. I, I wouldn't be wrestling, so without them, uh, I wouldn't be on this podcast. So uh, yeah, I've, I've thanks to them, thanks to yourself as well for getting me on. By the way, um, my pleasure. Another massive reason for the rolling as well is during lockdown, I lost my granddad, who I'm named after for professional wrestling terms, being Brian. Yeah, um, that was that was tough, but again, I don't have the biggest um, supporter in my life anymore as my granddad. So I have to go. He was your number one fan, wasn't he? Now. It's what, sorry. He was your number one fan. Yeah, he was. Um, 
he, I mean, he still is, if you believe in Absolutely. that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, as I say, I'm going to fight in his name now. So that's where the Ronin comes from. It's a little amalgamation of all sorts of different things, but it all comes together in the development of the next stage of my character. That's really awesome. And um, it, it ties in with your... Well, a, a lot of your, your wrestling moves, your style, your gimmick is a, a bit of a, a martial arts-based gimmick as well. So it kind of ties in nicely with that as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, for people who don't know, I'm a black belt in uh, Shotokan Karate. I've done bits and bobs of other, like judo and kickboxing and things like that. Not to any sort of level karate-wise, but um, yeah, I've done other martial arts before professional wrestling. Really enjoyed it, but professional wrestling was always what I wanted to what I, what sorry what I wanted to get into uh, yeah. martial arts was sort of the the pathway into it I suppose yeah and um I mean we, we've obviously kind of touched on the speaking out movement the last year being in lockdown no events obviously yeah. things happening in your personal life going through you know some 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 mental issues but you're coming back to wrestling this, uh, I think, later on this month, or certainly through the uh, second half of 2021, do you feel that you're going to be coming back to wrestling a, a different man, a different wrestler, maybe with a, a different attitude or a different mindset uh, to the business, especially being out of action for well over a year then? Um, I'd say I'm a lot more determined. I'm a lot more hungry. Um, but also with, with regards to enjoying wrestling, um I've never, I've never not once enjoyed it. Every time I've been on a show where I've been either in the ring, on the mats, whatever, uh, anything to do with pro wrestling, I've enjoyed it. Um, and then obviously things, for example, in lockdown didn't really go my way. I was meant to debut uh, internationally for pro wrestling all-star. Uh, shout out to Steve and Cindy if you're watching. Hi. Uh, <laughs> I was meant to debut for pro wrestling all-star in Belgium and the, the flights got cancelled then they got rescheduled and they got cancelled again and I understand why and I completely get it. I just yeah. felt a bit let down by, uh, if you want to get political, our government for not handling things the way they should have done or whatever. Uh, I'm not in yeah. politics, but, you know, these things happen and I understand that you've got to protect the, the betterment of everyone, to be honest. Yeah. It, it's all well and good me moaning about I didn't get to, to do whatever I wanted to do. But if it's going to put other people's lives at risk, then it's it's not worth the risk. So I understand. But from a personal standpoint, I really, really, really wanted to get out to Belgium and wrestle. But yeah, Absolutely. as I say, it's, um, it's one of those things. I've got a fresh outlook on wrestling. Again, I'm a lot more determined now to, to get where I want to go. But also, with regards to the speaking out movement, when because I know I've got a clock. We, we all have. That's just you know, a fact of life. I want to try and leave Brit Rest in the best possible shape that I can. I'm not a, a drop in the ocean in terms of professional wrestling, but if I can do my bit to, to leave it in a better place than it was before lockdown and speaking out and everything else then i'm happy to do that yeah absolutely and it sounds like with the, with the, the ronin character your renewed vigor um i know that you train really really hard as well um you, you're obviously going to be returning this summer you know uh pretty much a new man maybe a new wrestler um but um, let's talk about it because it is a big summer of returns for uk wrestling yourself in particular you must be looking forward to getting back in the ring then brian oh i am absolutely chomping at the bit uh <laughs> Got my first show June twenty first uh, for Superstar Pro Wrestling at Kirby. Uh, that's the their Kirby debut Sports show, Man. isn't it? Uh, yes, that's the debut show. First day of everything, uh, everything getting back to normality. So I made up with that facing Isaac North. Um, 
that's been a that's been a match I've wanted for a long while. He's a, he's a big big boy, and uh, yeah, it's going to be one of the matches for me. I think where it's just going to be two dudes in the middle of the ring just slapping each other for however long we get. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, I've seen quite a few of your matches, to be honest with you, and uh, you don't mind getting physical and uh, the slaps, the strikes, whatever, you know, you, you give as good as it gets. And like I say, he's a, he's a big boy and a, and a big name. Uh, that is going to be a hard hit in matches, isn't it? So uh, you, you like the physical type of matches, I'm guessing. Yeah, that, that's how I want to do it. Um, I think for, for me, it, it, it's it's different sorts of different folks. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love the hard hitting, the the it's strong style, if you want to call it, or King's Road, whatever. Um, I love that. Absolutely love that style of wrestling. It's it's something that I personally watch more than anything. Um, that that's something I want to emulate as well. With having a martial arts background, I want to be able to bring that in. Now I understand it isn't everybody's cup of tea, and that's fine. So I like comedy wrestling as well. Right, but I think it works with certain certain opponents. Like for me and Isaac, for example, Isaac just gets in and slaps people and kicks people, and I'm all right with that. So he's gonna get exactly what he's uh, what he's asking for, which is me coming in and just trying to kick his ass all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> and I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. And, and um, you mentioned about your martial arts backgrounds. Um, I mean, is there a particular type of wrestling that you like to watch nowadays? I, I, I don't know. As a complete guest, do you watch much Japanese stuff? I'm wondering if that sort of style kind of influences your your wrestling style itself? Yeah, what, what gave it away? <laughs> to be well, honest. <laughs> it's the strong style, to be honest with you. It's the way you you give and take the punishment, the, the slaps in particular. Yeah, I think I think for me, it's um, it, it's definitely my the, the direction I want to go in terms of pro, in terms of my way that I want to wrestle. Yeah. Uh, now I'm not saying that I want to be pigeonholed as just oh he's the the dude who hits people really hard. That that's fine, but I want to be able to show that there's a little bit more to me than that. But again, I don't mind getting physical. Uh, I've done comedy matches with Matt Fox before, but arguably I'd say one of the best matches I had, all off the cuff. Um, and it all started for me slipping on a set of sirs. So, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think for me, the stuff that I watch, uh, NXT, for example, that's really getting into its own now with, with guys like uh, Karrion Cross, Kyle O'Reilly. Um, people that I've watched, they're on the indies and things like that. But then I also like old school Ring of Honor. One of my favourites is uh, Brian Danielson. So hopefully he has left WWE so I can, you know, watch him in Ring of Honor again. That'd be nice. Some over Joe, but then also like 90s All Japan, uh, New Japan, the way they are. The list goes on. Anything that looks a bit physical, I'm all for it. Yeah. And I was going to mention in a, in a, a future question, but I'll kind of bring it up now. Yeah. When I watch you wrestle, Brian... Daniel Bryan does kind of come to mind. I mean, especially with your your gimmick, the the, the, the popular fan favorite, the baby face, fighting from underneath, getting that kind of big uh, baby face pop. But it is it's the moves as well, the, the strikes and the kicks and the suplexes. Yeah, I I, I kind of see a lot of Daniel Bryan and, and you know, dare I say it, certain elements of CM Punk in you as well. Would would they be I'll say your? That. <laughs> well, certainly with your finisher, which I think he's very close to a go to sleep or an Ushi Groshi. But but yeah. would would you say that um, your style is influenced or modelled on any wrestlers in particular? And kind of have I kind of struck a chord or hit the bell with Daniel Bryan? Maybe. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, 
I've, I, I use GTS, obviously. Um, I also use cattle mutilation. That's another one. Doesn't really sound the nicest of moves, that does it really? But um, sounds horrendous, but it, it but it looks great. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I do use cattle mutilation as well. Um, partly for the fact that I absolutely love uh, neck bridges. Uh, that's mainly the reason why. But also Daniel Bryan as well, or Brian Danielson, however you want to shop yeah. it up. CM Punk's another influence as well. Um, heavily tattooed, as you can probably tell. Um, but yeah, the, the, it's also guys like um, like one of my absolute all time favourites is Minoru Suzuki. Absolutely idolised Minoru Suzuki, uh, Mitsuharu Misawa, uh, Katsuyoshi Shibata. Again, I'm very heavily influenced by Japanese wrestling. That's my shtick. Um, Kenta as well, because obviously he created the Go to Sleep, so I can't really forget. Him. Yeah, <laughs> any anyone who's sort of physical, um, yeah, anyone who's sort of physical brings it. Um, quite violent maybe even though like in, in my own personal life i'm really not a violent person at all um but yeah when that switch gets clicked in the uh, in the ring that's it it's it's go time yeah absolutely and uh sticking with kind of your, your wrestling style and japanese wrestling and like i say sometimes you do bring the chops you do bring the strikes uh, and obviously it must be known within the locker room that you're a, a black belt are any of your opponents a little bit nervous to kind of take any of your your moves uh are there any of them nervous to kind of experience the strong style of brian adenson um if if they are they've not made it a word to me right okay i'm i'm a bit of a i'm a bit of a dope shall we say so i'm a bit of a class clown um i like to, i like to mess about and have fun i try not to get nervous and if i can see people that are nervous i try and relax the mood a little bit and because at the end of the day, it's 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 there for entertainment purposes. Of course, you're there to entertain people. You're there to obviously entertain yourselves as well. Otherwise, you wouldn't be, you know, pretending to fight people in your underpants. That's a, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I say, absolutely if, love that. If if it is if I have made someone nervous by it, then I do apologise. But yeah, it's never been made a word to me before. No, absolutely. And, and I'm sure they're familiar with your style and they know what they're, they're letting themselves in for. And at the end of the day, you know, they, they can, um, you can take the punishment. So if they want to lay it in, then I'm sure you're more than happy with that. But uh, I, I want to go back to uh, Superstar Pro Wrestling, if I can, uh, then, Brian, because a new promotion, you, you, you've got your debut uh, match with them against Isaac North uh, on yep. the 20, 21st, I think it is, or That's kind of in, in a few weeks' time. Now... Uh, a brand new wrestling promotion uh, coming out of the yep. Northwest. Um, it's got a, a stacked roster, hasn't it? And, and, and you, you're looking at the likes of Dean Allmark being on their first show. Isaac North, Hannah Taylor, the Billington Boys yourself, uh, Shake El Sham and many, many more. And it's a combination of, uh, you know, um, experienced uh uh, names and quite a yep. few young names as well. Uh, quite a few young t young talents. Um, yep. But uh, give us your thoughts on on the roster because I get a feeling you're going to be a big part of that company's future. Uh, I, 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 thank you. I, I really hope I am. Um, yeah, there's there's some literal for me personally. Anyway, there's some literal dream matches in there for me. Um, like you, you've you've already mentioned them already. Dean Ormark. Yeah. Um, Dan Evans would be another one. Um, there's there's literally that many on that roster. It is ridiculous. Like fair play, fair play to uh, to Kieran, Jane, Dave for for sorting all this out and getting the ball rolling on this because this roster is. If if you're not excited about this superstar pro wrestling roster, I, I really don't know what's wrong with you because there's that much 
Like, for example, Jordan Black, I've been training with him for the past couple of weeks, and oh my days, that that guy can do flips just off off a wind. And it's like, <laughs> how do you even do that? He's literally stood perfectly still and then does like a perfect backflip and just walks off. And it's like, <laughs> how are you doing that? <laughs> it's like he's got spring shoes or something, but then you've got other guys like the Billington boys, for example, who are absolute mat technicians. They know exactly yeah. where they need to be in that ring, and they are flawless. Uh, shout out to Claw as well, because that's what I've been training for the past couple of weeks. If you're in the Northwest, if you're in Wigan, uh, CP Birkenhead as well, make sure you get out for training. Cannot miss it. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to mention Claw because you've got quite a few uh, uh, posts about Claw on your social media. Um, I didn't realise you'd already started training with them. What, what's it like there? It seems like a really good setup, um, and um, it, it's kind of a, a training school from the, the TNT Extreme Boys, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, don't worry, it's not all deathmatch stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> just before anyone thinks you start whipping out light tubes for... <laughs> Um, no, but it's it's great. It's led at the minute by Lizzie Evo and Sonna Derson, and they are honestly two of the of the best trainers that that I've personally experienced in a long while. Um, they know what they're talking about. They're patient with people. They're also going to push it as well, though. I, I for me personally, anyway, I like to be pushed um, because I, I like to push back. If I'm not getting that same level of um, interaction, shall we say, uh, then it. it, it it doesn't appeal to me. So I like the fact that, that, that Sonner and Lizzie are going to push me and they're going to teach me new things and, and get me to implement new ways of thinking in the way I wrestle. So for me, it, it's been electric. You've also got um, Dave Faulkner, who used to fight in the UFC. Uh, he's going to be teaching a lot of catch stuff as well. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. very much looking forward to that as well. <laughs> and, and we mentioned Dean Ormark. I think Dean Ormark is going to be one of the trainers as well, if I'm not mistaken, one of the coaches. Yeah, he is. Uh, that is another one for me that I am ridiculously excited for um fun fact about that i uh copied a fair few things from his uh move of the week in a few <laughs> matches and uh i got a, i got a few pops from him uh, and then i had to turn around and go listen that that wasn't me coming up with stuff on the fly i've literally just copied and pasted stuff <laughs> in my match so i'm i'm not in, i'm not incredibly like genius or anything no no that's all dean <laughs> but, but I mean, watching his moves of the week and his, his clips, he's just phenomenal. How does he? I mean, I, I interviewed Dean um, back in when was it January, February, and uh, I, I said, you know, how do you come up with these moves? How do you come up with these sequences? Um, and he just says he just likes to you know find uh, psychotic ways and different ways to hurt people. Um, and uh, but but it, it, it's phenomenal, isn't it? Kind of he how he starts a move and how he ends a move and uh, yes uh, he's like the harry potter of the oh, uk wrestling scene isn't he really absolute wizard absolute wizard well like, i know yeah. they said there's more than one wizard in england because you've got zach sabre jr but you, of course. you can't forget dean. you cannot forget dean like he's uh, another one for me as well is matt fox he's trained in catch as well and he's taught me a hell of a lot um in, in terms of not just in catch but in, in pro wrestling as well um yeah, the, the, for me anyway, Zack Sabre Jr., Dean Allmark, and you've got to mention Matt Fox, absolutely incredible technicians. They know exactly where they need to be. It, it, for me, what gets me is I, I, I like I like the pro wrestling-wise where you, you're like, for example, Will Ospreay and like flippy dudes who do all the, the crazy backflips and whatever. That's amazing because I, I'm partly jealous of the fact that I'll never be able to do that. It's just not in my wheelhouse. I've done, I think, two flips 
in my whole entire career. Um, to, you know, mixed, <laughs> <laughs> mixed success, shall we say. Uh, but then when you see people who can do it, it's awesome. But I pop more for someone who can bend someone in a way that's like, that should be illegal. <laughs> that's more where I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to know what we're on about, subscribe to Dean Allmark's uh, page or, or send him a friend request and you'll see, or, or even check out his Instagram, you'll see all of... Uh, uh, Dean Allmark's moves of the week and clips of the week and how he kind of takes his, his trainees or his wrestling partners from one hold into another, into another, into another. It is truly fantastic. But uh, I want to talk about Wrestle Islands now because I know that uh, you've got a bit of a relationship going with them. You've had uh, a couple of matches, uh, but you also signed up for their um, uh, their Prospect Wars tournament, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Brian. So tell us about Prospect Wars. Uh, what, what, what can you tell us about it? Because I know that it was originally scheduled for last year had to be postponed, being brought back for 2021. Uh, what can you tell us about Prospect Wars and your involvement? Uh, my involvement is I'm going to be competing in Prospect Wars. Uh, it's an inaugural tournament. Uh, tournament, sorry, It's going to be the first one that WrestleOwn have ever held. Um, basically, there's going to be 10 on one team, 10 on another, very similar to Tough, um, the Ultimate Fighter, if, uh, for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, yeah. Very similar format. Um a knockout competition, two people uh, will get into the final, they'll duke it out, and whoever wins is the Prospect Wars champion or tournament winner. And uh, they'll go on to uh, see for me, it was Harry McKenney who was the uh, the prospect champion. Now he's unfortunately retired. If you're watching, has mate, uh, will be doing well. Um, he's retired, he's left it, so it leaves it open to what's going to happen next. Um, I know Dan Evans has signed on for a coach. Don't know who the other coaches yet, but I know that there's another two compa- uh, combatants that have been announced, and that's uh, myself, Lance Rivera, and Charlie Brennan as well. So Charlie Brennan's a big fan favourite. Not had the pleasure of wrestling him just yet, but me and Lance have had a couple of bell ringers in the past, so uh, it would be nice to dust off the kick pads uh, with him once again. If if I meet him in the, in the tournament, who knows? But yeah, it's... It's going to be electric, that it really is. I'm very much looking forward to it. And I'm very proud uh, and honoured that they've given me the opportunity to be part of an inaugural tournament as well. So thank you. Uh, hope yeah. you're doing well as well, Pete and Jody. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. And I just want to touch on the the kind of amazing uh, wrestling promotions around the Northwest. We've obviously spoke about Wrestle Islands. You've got TNT Extreme Wrestling, TNT Ignition, uh, Future Shock, uh, Superstar Pro Wrestling. It really does have like a, a wealth of great wrestling promotions around the Northwest, doesn't it? You must feel quite uh, blessed to kind of have a selection of promotions to either go and watch or train with or work with. Out of some of those I've mentioned, you've also got one of the new promotions. Uh, is it uh, Hybrid um, Hybrid Wrestling that's opening up soon? Hybrid Wrestling Association. Uh, any of those groups you, you're looking forward to working with in the future, Brian? Uh, hybrid, absolutely one of them. Um, what's been put forward to me, uh, the, the, the way they want to um, utilise me is very much what I'm up for. Um can't really divulge too much about it, but uh, yeah, keep your eyes on hybrid. It's going there to be plans. one to watch. Oh, it, it's absolute. It's just going to be two people beating the living daylights out of each other. And as we've already established, I'm all for that. 
Uh, I'm going to sound like a right psychopath. I'm really not. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely not. <laughs> um, Future Shock is another one. Um, that, you know, that the amount of matches and the people they've got signed to him is, is incredible. You've got, you've got like guys like Chris Ridgway. Uh, you've got uh, Cam Solis. Um, you've got loads. That literally, absolutely stacked. Alexis Falcon as well. Hi, Alexis. Yeah. Um, th- there's literally too many in the Northwest at the minute. Not that I'm saying that too many is a bad thing. Absolutely not. It's just the fact that they're coming up left, right and centre and everyone's getting a load of hype about them that it's like, there's too many for me to mention and that's just a good thing for me. The, yeah. the more promotions that I think we can get that are good, that are looked after properly, that stick to the rules and regulations that I think should be in place to safeguard, not just the wrestlers themselves, but the fans, absolutely all for it, 110%. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and um, I, I want to talk about your, your kind of love for pro wrestling as a fan then, because I'm guessing you've been, dare I say, it, a lifelong wrestling fan. When did pro wrestling first come into your life as a fan? Was it through family members or friends at school? Uh, tell us about it. Uh, so I got into it in a weird way so i used to stay up and watch uh, of a saturday morning sorry I'll, I'll start from well we may as well start from the beginning but saturday morning you used to watch power rangers uh when that was on telly so giving me age away just a little bit um so i used to watch power rangers and i was like oh this is really cool and my dad was like oh you think that's cool you want to watch these films so it'd be guys like bruce lee uh jackie chan all all sorts of films like that so i remember watching enter the dragon as a kid and i was like and this is what I need to do. This is what them Power Rangers do. And then just before I went rugby training, I think it was, I was at my granddad's. Um, and he put, it was just flicking through the telly and a scene, um, I could swear, it was WCW and it was Rey Mysterio, I think it was, just making his way to the ring. And I was like, oh my God, that's a Power Ranger. And then they got into this ring and I was like, he's not a Power Ranger. Well, what's he going to do? And then I just got more intrigued from there. And then I, I can vividly remember watching the Jushin Thunder Liger match and thinking, these are real-life superheroes. I need to find out more of this. So that's where I got the bug from it. And then my granddad uh, took me, my best mate, shout out to Lee and Sean as well, I, uh, um, took me, my best mate, to watch. Um, this is going to sound ridiculous, but we went to the Queen's Hall in Witness and we watched The Undertaker <laughs> versus Maine. Uh, we watched The Stone instead of The Rock and we watched Stone Cold Stephen Stone Cold Stephen Ace or something like that so it was basically like rip-off gimmicks of stuff that was really popular at the time it could have been Kevin Bash as well I'm not sure but there was loads of different ones um, got into it there absolutely loved it and I was like right mum, dad you need to just find the money for Sky I need to watch all wrestling all of the wrestling uh, and that's where I got into it pretty much um Wanted to find a training school, couldn't, so got into martial arts instead. Being about eight or nine, thinking, yeah, this is this is how I'm going to get to where I need to be. I need to be a martial artist, because that's what they do. Um, yeah, and then it just went from there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, I can kind of see where your love for pro wrestling, martial arts, and your kind of current character all ties into one. But uh, how, how did all of that eventually leading to you wanting to start training to become a pro wrestler. Tell us about them kind of early beginnings. Um, so I was about 25, 26, I think, at the time. Me and my mates uh, went to watch Ring of Honor, War of the Worlds in Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, funny story about that. We we'd had a, we were slightly intoxicated, shall we say. Um, 
didn't see that there was a massive queue for the young bucks, and we got let in through a different door. So you've you've got um, you had two doors to get into. Basically, there was one that you queued up and you had to wait to get like to get tickets and posters and what have you, and get your stuff signed. And there was another that was just letting general admission. You just walk in and get your seat. Completely didn't see the queue. Had a full blown conversation with Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. And got two sweeted from Nick and Matt Jackson um, and just completely cut the queue off. Only then <laughs> realised that there's about 200 people glaring me, Lee and Sean to death. And I was like, I think we better move. Yeah, watch that. And it was, I'm sure it was Tetsu United versus Cody, uh, Cody Rhodes. Pretty wow. sure it was. Um, that was absolute banger. And I was... Yeah, sat next to me mates and I was like, I really want to do this. And me mate Lee had been sat there and he'd listened to all my herbrain ideas before where I just talk rubbish basically about, oh, I really want to do that and then not follow through with it. And he was like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, you, you probably would be good at it because, you know, you, you're confident and what have you, which at the time I was very confident. Um, one thing led to another, we got talking anyway. We enjoyed the night, we all went home and... I stayed up and Googled, I think, every training school possible. Uh, found one that was local to me and then the rest is history. Um, yeah, that's all I got into it, pretty much. And uh, do you remember your, your debut match? Um, is it, um, was it a successful debut match? Did it go according to plan? Did you have any nerves? Uh, what do you remember about your debut? Oh, instant classic, five stars. Uh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was me versus Austin Townsend, his name was. Um, and I'd been training for, I think it was about three months at the time. And got the nod, yeah, ready, go. Um, and Mr. Williams kindly put our match together because I'd had no experience in. Now, I could do certain moves and do certain things, but to glue it all together so it all makes sense was another, another step for me. So you put this match together. And I'm like, like, do I get a pen and write it down on my hand so I don't miss anything? Is the the bits that I need to do? Not quite sure. Um, and I was absolutely bricking it to the <laughs> point where it was like, I feel I felt sick walking through the curtain. And then it it's just weird. Like I, I walked through and it's like it just lifted. Everything just disappeared. And I was just meant to be in that moment where, where I should be. Like, I felt like I just belonged all of a sudden. So... Walked through, done the match, come back. Um, I, yeah, it, it wasn't obviously compared to now. It, it, I'd look at it as like, yeah, it was it was a match. Uh, but back then, I was like really proud of it because I was a bag of nerves leading up to it. I was horrendous <laughs> to a point where I think it got through like they got through four cans of Monster and about two liters <laughs> of water just to try and try and level myself out, which sounds weird. But um, yeah, I was absolutely horrendous before it. And, and have you had any any other, I mean, post debut, any other kind of instances or where things have gone wrong in the ring? Not necessarily botches, but where I don't know, like, like you say, didn't you, you fall down a set of steps, go into the ring, or a, 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 anything else happened to you in that same sort of vein? Uh, there's, there, well, there's two. There's, there's there's a funny one, and a, not well. I, I don't think it was funny anyway, but uh, it, it, it depends who uh, who you are. So. Obviously, the match with Matt Fox, I went to walk up a set of stairs and slipped. And that 20-minute match that was going to be a technical masterpiece 
turned into 20 minutes of me and him just making each other laugh and everybody else laughed along <laughs> with us. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that was the start of your 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 comedy uh, comedy uh, matches uh, that you mentioned earlier. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Uh, if anyone's up for a comedy match, by the way, all for it. I'd love to have a dance off in Millie McKenzie. You name it, I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was nuts, but it was it was such a good laugh because I like making people laugh as well as making people wince, and you know it, yeah. it's all good fun at the end of the day. Um, the second one though, it wasn't that good. Um, so it was me and Jordan Jones. His name was, I think he changed it to Lionel Silver. Um, I think he did anyway. It's Lionel something, I'm sure it's Silver. Um, no, Lionel Sterling, sorry, apologies. Uh, what had happened was we'd gone for, I, he, I, sorry, he took a buckle, I'd run in and give him a knee. He's walking over, I go to charge, and he gives me a front drop kick to the legs, and I just take a front bump. Sounds easy enough. Uh, I took the front drop kick, overshot it, landed on my arm and popped my elbow out of its socket. And yeah, I had to tell the ref to tell Jordan at the time, I need you to get out because I need to pop my elbow back in. And he went, we can stop the match. And I went, no, 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 just give me a minute and I'll be all right. I'll be, I'll be fine. So... He takes me out the ring. I throw him over the guardrail with one hand. So where I've got this strength from, I'll never know. And as everybody's taking the mick out of him and not watching, I've yanked my elbow back into position. If there's any video of it, please find it because you'll hear me just go, ah! <laughs> as it goes back in. Um, and then forgot that we planned a powerbomb spot where he jumps at me in the turnbuckle. And I meant to catch him and give him a powerbomb. I had to do that with one arm, which was not fun. Um, yeah, but again, things happen in the rings, not just stupid things like slipping on a yeah. set of surfs, but injuries, but it, it's it's part and parcel of the job. You Not that you want to get hurt, but if you do, you've got to be able to work around it and finish yeah. the match. The one thing for me, I'd never want to shortchange the fans. It's, it, at the end of the day, they've paid for the ticket. It's out of their hard-earned cash. They've worked every day of the week just to go and get that little bit of... Um, <clears throat> escapism and get out of the way of the real world and things like that. So if I feel like I'm doing something that's shortchanging them, I'm, I'm, I'm against it completely. And especially if it's like my fault. So I'll just get through the match, I'll bite down on my gum shield and carry on. <laughs> well, this is it because, you know, you hear all these stories, like when Triple H finished a match on Raw after tearing his quad and when, uh, who was it, Finn Balor had to pop his shoulder back into place in his match with Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. And then to oh, kind of God, speak yeah. to a wrestler you, you, yourself that had to kind of, uh, you know, pull a, a, a joint back in place after being dislocated during a match. Um, like you say, just putting on, just finishing the match. For the for the for the paying crowd, um, when you're in unimaginable pain, uh, must have been. I mean, is that the only time something like that bad has happened? Is that the worst injury you've had? Would you say? Uh, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, I mean, it dislocated my thumb as well once, which which wasn't the best. But again, that was my fault for being an idiot and overrunning, getting too excited and running at the turnbuckle. Um, and then putting my thumb in the way, which apparently isn't a good break for your body. Um, so, yeah, that hurt. Um, I bet. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Let's move on from injuries anyway, because uh, we, we spoke earlier about 
you know, some mental health struggles that you've gone through, but you're, you're a big supporter of, of, of various charities. Um, Did you do some, some fundraising for uh, mental health awareness or some mental health charity and also you've 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 helped to raise awareness for um haemophilia and you're a brand ambassador for uh, haemophilia heroes so tell us about your your fundraising activities then brian um yeah um yeah messy from uh, actually i'll start with haemophilia so haemophilia heroes uh one of my best mates tom shout out to tom daryl and the kids i hope you're all doing all right um the littlest boy jack suffers from haemophilia which they weren't aware of until obviously he started coming out with bruises everywhere. Um, you know, they're both incredible parents, so they took him straight away. They've learned how to do all these wonderful things to be able to protect the sun, which I mean, one of them you'd have to put like a drip into into the arm. I mean, Jack is harder than I will ever be. Jack is something else. He's tough and he's absolutely off his cake. He's nuts, but you know, isn't everyone at three years old? But as, oh, when you've got yeah. a failure as well, it's like that. That's a whole new level of, you know, he's 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 a great kid, and so is Thomas as well. Um, but yeah, they found out we, uh, the Jack had haemophilia. They done everything in their power to to do what they can as parents is to protect the to protect the children. But then one day they they, they reached out. Uh, I think it was the Haemophilia Society to see if they could do sort of uh, some sort of fundraising or any sort of charity-based work to, to help them to, to raise funds because it's not a very common disease to have. So, you know, if you do catch it young, it's treatable. And it, it's it, it's obviously, it, it's when the blood doesn't clot. So, you know, there's a whole manner of things that we take for granted, like walking past the, uh, the corner of a table. To me, it, it might give me a little nick. To Jack, it could be something far worse, which yeah. it's, I, you don't even want to think about it. Um, but as I say, they created Haemophilia Heroes, got in touch with me, and I was like absolutely all over that. Whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, happy to do it. Um, gave me a T-shirt, so I was made up with that. Um, and I just walked out with that instead of having me gear and everything else. I just walked out with a T-shirt to represent them. Um, any sort of representation really for them, glad to do it. Uh, the thing with Messi for mine as well, throwing gunk over my head. <laughs> It was for mental health. Uh, it's something I'm a massive advocate for. I think I think it's to a point now, especially in this day and age, where you should be able to talk about how you feel. And I struggled with that a hell of a lot. Um, before I got into wrestling and things like that, I suffered from mental health, suffered from depression. Um, was meant to be given, I think it was, I can't remember the name of the antidepressant when I was 22, but they said it, it could be highly addictive. So the... Refused to give me any sort of treatment, so I just had to try and figure it out myself. Didn't really work. Um, got to twenty-seven, put myself on a course of medication. I've gone through a whole plethora of different things like therapy, and yeah, it's for me. It's it's been the best. It's been the best fight I've been in in my life because it's it's hard to talk about, but when you find the words, it's it's so simple. It really is. And there's that many people who want to speak to you about it, not because they're trying to take bits of information from you as a sign of weakness or that they're trying to use things against you. They're not they're there because they genuinely care. People will reach out to you. And again, if anybody needs to get hold of me because they, they feel down or anything like that, just know that I'd sooner speak to you through a phone than I would have to say something at your funeral because yeah. it's just not the way of going about it. There's always somebody here for you. 
it took me a while to figure that out, but when you do it, it's such a relieving feeling. You're allowed to feel down and depressed, and that's fine. But there's always someone there to help you out. You're not, you're never on your own. Yeah, no, well said. Very, very well said. And speaking of not being alone, and as I mentioned earlier at the top of the podcast, you, you're a massive fan favourite. Uh, you, you're beloved by your fans wherever you go. And like I said, you know, there's, there's this kind of Daniel Bryan vibe I got when, you, when you're in the ring, the, the, the baby face fighting from underneath, getting the crowd response to kind of overcome. Um, but uh, tell us about your connection with the fans then, Brian, because you do have a, a fantastic connection with the fans. I think you're a baby face in pretty much all the promotions you fight in, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but, uh, you know, they've been with you every step of the way, haven't they, all along your wrestling journey. And you've even got fans that do do fan art they've created uh kind of um wrestling characters on the the 2k wrestling game as well i understand of <laughs> brian adenson so so tell yeah. us about your connection with the fans and, and the love they've got for you and, and uh, i'm guessing the love you've got back for them as well absolutely um love every single one of them um they're like the it, it sounds like an advantage to me really because when it starts to get a little bit difficult and i'm starting to to really struggle in a match and you can hear the crowd coming together and really trying to lift you up. It it, it just does something else. Mm. You, you, you feel like you cannot give up and that's where I get my absolute refusal to, to die in, in the middle of a ring. I refuse to give him because they've refused to give him for me. And I think it's because I'm relatable as well. Um, yeah, I'm just a normal dude. I've not got rippling big muscles. I've not got a six pack. I just throw a pair of trunks on, throw my kick pads on and just get down and dirty with it. I'm not afraid to do it with anyone. And I think that's what they they like about me is the fact that I'll stand up. I'm, I mean, I'm five foot seven. I'm not going to be a Goliath anytime soon. I think my growing's done. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll fight for the everyman. And that's just how I've always been. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, I mean, we, we spoke a bit about charities during this podcast, but uh, let's speak about Wrestling 4 because they're a charity based promotion uh, out of the West Midlands. And uh, I know that you've, you've wrestled for Alex and, and, and Wrestling 4 um, on a couple of occasions, mostly, I think, uh, multi man matches, tag matches. Um, but uh, it's a great promotion, isn't it? And I know they've only had a handful of shows, um, but they all support a very, very worthwhile uh, a charity from around the Birmingham area, from around that West Midlands area. Give us your kind of experience of wrestling for wrestling for, um, and uh, kind of what, what, what are your plans for the company as well. I mean, you, I'm guessing you'd like to break out of the, the multi-man matches and maybe have some singles matches, especially when you consider their champion Dan Maloney. Um, that that would be a pretty tasty match between you and him. Oh, well, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I uh, referenced him as one of the people I'd like to wrestle um, for wrestling for. So. <laughs> but no honestly, Alex if, if you're listening <laughs> yeah if, if you want someone who's absolutely chiseled to the bone like Dan Maloney and, and five foot seven podgy cruiserweight who likes throwing it about me then yeah let's get it on <laughs> um, but no on a, on a series level wrestling for is an incredible incredible wrestling promotion yeah. um, again Mr Williams got me on the show uh, he actually got me into his match which was the multi-man match um got me speaking to Alex um again I've got nothing but respect for Alex absolutely love him to bits um he was one of the few people who when I was having a bit of a struggle through lockdown he got in touch um 
and again, he pulled me back in. I was all up for quitting wrestling, and then he pulled me back in big time. So I've I've got nothing but praise and thanks for him. Um, so anytime he turns around and says, "Listen, there's a show. I'm happy to do it." But now I do really want to break out. I'm not saying I'm not going to be there if he doesn't let me break out. But now I'm at a point like, okay, I've done these multi-man matches. Not saying I don't like him, but I'm saying that I want my little my little moment in the uh, in the violent sun, shall we say? Because there's a yeah. lot of guys, not just Dan Maloney. There's like MJ Grayson, there's Colton Miles. There's there's a ridiculous amount of talent in that locker room that I, I'm happy to fight any of them. They're all incredible, incredible athletes. And I'm just happy to mix it with anyone. Yeah. Uh, Brian, as we start to wind down this podcast, I've got to speak to you about, I mean, you have had some championship success. Um, I think you have picked up some championships, if I'm not mistaken. You, you've won championship gold against the likes of Harry McKenney, uh, Lance Riviera, Rivera. Um, tell us about some of your, your kind of your success um, in some of them title matches because they, they were pretty good matches. Like I said, I've seen them both, uh, some pretty tidy matches there. Uh, what are your memories of picking up some gold against those two in particular? Um, absolute bag of nerves. <laughs> I like to come across as very confident. Uh, I'm like a duck, shall we say. So on the face of it, I'm, I'm fine. Underneath, at my feet are kicking like hell. Um, but yeah, I remember like for every match, to be honest, I'm nervous especially with a championship match, because they do mean a lot. Um, they mean a lot to me personally. Um, I remember it was the NXL championship, and it was up against Lance Rivera. Yeah. Again, absolute quality wrestler. Could not rate him highly enough. Um, he basically, beforehand, went, right, just bring it. Every single bit of venom that we've got with each other, let's just leave it all out there. And I was like, that's cool with me. To a point where... He shoots, slapped the gum shield out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> he hit me that hard that uh, yeah, my gum shield come flying out. Um, he also hit me in the nuts as well in that match, which I wasn't happy with. And he actually caught me in them. So that that was uh, another eye-watering moment in the ring. <laughs> I was going to say you sold that pretty well, but it was uh, legit pain. <laughs> oh, no, that was not a self. That was absolutely 100% not a self. That was literally my nuts going into my stomach. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I remember with Harry as well. Harry was like, I really want to do this. Because he'd never really done a sort of like hard-hitting match before. He's, he's been encountered with him, but not done beat-for-beat, beat, hard-hitting, let's just slug it out with each other and see who's got what. And I was like, well, neither have I really, but okay, let's let's just see where we go from there. So we just decided for, I think it was 15 minutes, just beat the brakes off each other and see see what happens. And we, I, I like to think we made a bit of magic as well, so I'm really happy with it. There was another one for the British Heavyweight Championship. That's right, yeah. Uh, for, uh, it's now Paramount, I think it is. Um, picked that up in my hometown of Witness, so that was that was a special one. Um, the only problem with that one, one uh, with that show, though, is is that um, the ring is in the middle of this bar, and here's my head, and there's the ceiling. <laughs> so you're wrestling someone like the, like the height of James Reed, Shout out to James Reed as well, um, who's six foot two uh, on, a, on a small day. And I had to do a rollover. So he's bent over and I have to roll over his back and then I had to try and suplex him. So uh, to this day, I still don't know how I managed to do a half-hatch suplex on him without knocking any of the ceiling tiles through the roof. But I did it. How? I could not tell you, but I managed it. <laughs> 
but yeah, the British Emirate one was that that was that was a nice moment because it was just good to pick it up in my hometown. Like a lot of people came from from obviously from Witness to come and see the match, and it it was just it was good fun as well. It was a great show. Yeah, and Brian, the final question for me is: you obviously live and breathe wrestling. Uh, you've accomplished a lot in in a short space of time. You've picked up some some gold as well. You've had some great matches. Um, but but what does the future hold for the Ronin, uh, Brian Adenson? You know, do you have any goals, any plans? Um, what do the next couple of years hold for the Ronin? Would you say? Um, for me personally. Uh... Irrespective of goals, I think the main one for me is just to to remain happy doing what I'm doing. Whether that's picking up championships, whether it's not, as long as I've got this love for professional wrestling, I want to keep doing it. The minute I don't enjoy it anymore, I don't want to be doing it. So for me, more than anything, is to just be happy doing what I'm doing. I want to wrestle all over the places like uh, BWP and Fusion. Uh, they're down in uh, North Wales. There's plenty of places that I want to wrestle all over the country as well. Kamikaze Pro, I'd love to wrestle there as well. Yeah. That'd be another one. Um, Goals-wise, I just want to wrestle everywhere. That's all I want to do. If I could do it every day of the week, I'd happily do it, no problem. I mean, I don't think my back would forgive me for it, but I'd <laughs> happily do it in a heartbeat. Um, but yeah, my main goals, I've got three really. It's just to remain happy enjoy it and make sure that other people are enjoying it and when i do eventually retire leave it in a good place so that the next generation of good wrestlers of great wrestlers from british from the british islands and everywhere else in between can come over here enjoy it and be safe doing what they love yeah that's awesome that's awesome and before we say goodbye an opportunity for you to throw out to anybody that's listening that might want to reach out and say hi learn more about uh, the ronin brian adinson where can they uh, reach out to you on social media facebook twitter instagram where are you buddy uh facebook twitter and instagram so facebook you're looking for brian adinson uh twitter you're looking for brian adinson one and instagram you're looking for brian adinson you can catch all my updates and i think there's links to matches and stuff as well uh, not on my YouTube because I'm not set up, I'm not set one up just yet, but that is going to be in the works at some point. But yeah, that's, that's awesome. where you can find me. Wonderful. Um, and uh, do you have any merch you want to plug? Uh, any t-shirts? Out at the moment? I do. Yeah, I've got a couple of t-shirts left. Uh, if anyone wants to buy them, um, I've actually sold one to Red Eagle. Shout out to Red Eagle in Portugal as well with CTW. Um, yeah, I'm going to start advertising them again. I did fall off the ball a little bit uh, <laughs> with advertising them. One thing or another got in the way, and uh, yeah, we're going to start pushing them T-shirts again. I have also got a new uh, logo T-shirt thing coming out soon, so when that's all done, I'll post something uh, maybe a little bit cryptic or what have you and get them, get them selling as well. No, we're looking forward to that. But, uh, Brian, it's been amazing speaking to you today. Great to be talking to you. Like I said, we spoke again about 12 months ago, but great to have you on the podcast. Uh, and uh, thank you very much for being a great guest, my friend. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. We'll catch up with you again soon. Cheers. Thank you.